You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network brought to you by HuntStand. HuntStand is the number one hunting app in the country, and at only $29.99, HuntStand offers a ton of functionality for hunters all over the country. Whether you own your own property or strictly hunt public, you can choose from over a dozen base maps, view property ownership information, 3D mapping, local weather, log your sightings and harvest, as well as use their trail cam management software, and print maps from your hunt areas. Download it today at the Apple App Store or Google Play. Hunt Stand. Upgrade your arsenal. Welcome to the Missouri Woods and Water Podcast with your hosts, Nate Thomas and Micah Winstead. What is up? It's hot as balls outside. <laughs> it is. Yeah, dude, today man. is hot. It was just miserable today. We had spring and then boom. Summer. Hell hit. That's yeah. that's mis- uh, But dude, like May was freaking crazy gorgeous and now June. And uh, it's, it's gorgeous just hit. and rainy as hell. But Yeah, man. but as far as temperatures go... It was perfect. Yeah. But freaking June, it just comes up, hits you right in the mouth. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, my son had a baseball game again, like we were talking about last show. It's pretty much all I do every damn night is baseball or softball. And it was at 6 o'clock tonight, and I quote-unquote help coach because uh-huh. they need, you know, just need help. And I'm just standing there and just sweat, just running down my back. You know, just and I'm just, just standing un- there, right, right, in the, yeah. <laughs> and you're in a baseball field, so there's no shade. Nope, and, yep. nope, yeah, yeah. It was uh, it was hot today, but hey, I guess that's fine. Yeah, it is what it is. So. All right, today, uh, we are talking with Dan Schultz of Cuddyback. Yep, which um, most of y'all know that uh, we're partners with them. Yep, that it's no it's no uh, secret that we're right. we're partners with Cuddyback, and um, today's show basically. Because we're partnered with Cuddy Back, they obviously have the Cuddy Link system. Mm-hmm. There are people out there that probably even listen to us that not really sure what that is. Um, basically, today's show we talk about some general um, trail cam talk, and you know we kind of BS for a while, but then we really get into the teeth of what the Cuddy Link system is and how to use it. Mm-hmm. Um, for anybody that currently has it or is thinking about getting it or having trouble with it. Or yeah. something, this gives you, yeah. I mean, in full transparency, we we don't care. Like, yeah, if you buy their stuff, that's great, and yeah. um, we hope you love it. But I mean, 
we just we're throwing the option out there. We're just helping you yeah. learn about it more. So I mean, you know, we're partnered with them, yeah, but that doesn't mean you know you have to go out and just spend your money. You know, make the the correct decision for yourself. Right. This is a way to get the information. If you haven't bought a Cuddy Link system before, thinking about doing it, this is a great way to get some information because we have Dan tell us about the, mm-hmm. the Cuddy Link system. It's a great way to learn about it. Yeah. But still, do your damn homework and figure out what you want to get. Yeah, what works best for you. Yeah. Um, full, full. Uh, what is it, disclosure, this is a really long episode. Yeah. I think it'll be over two hours by the end, uh, by the time it's over. So uh, we pack a lot of information in there, but we thought it would be better to get it into one episode than try to, you know, do multiple episodes over some weeks. So it's a long episode, so you might have to listen to it a few times here and there. But it's got some good info, so hope you enjoy it. We're not going to really spend much more time. No, nope, let's get right into right now. It. This is the Missouri Woods and Water Podcast. Okay, with us today, Dan Schultz with Cuddy Back. Dan, what's going on, bud? Uh, it's good, uh, hot. Wisconsin evening up here. Uh, it's like 92 or something today. I don't know what we got going on. It's not normally like that in June here, but uh, you know, other than that, it's it's good to be in on the in, inside on the air conditioning talking to you guys. Yeah, it was it was miserable. I was outside all day today, and it was just miserable. No yeah. wind, nothing. It was just sticky, hot, nastiness. Yeah. yeah, that's not you know we don't usually have that kind of stuff here. It, uh, so um, everybody's kind of. You know, in July maybe, but but not usually June yet. You know. So what so. you're saying is you're experiencing some Missouri weather right now. Yeah. Yeah. And Getting it's a little dry, like you know, we really low on rain. So see, uh, we where you know you'd hope it would rain a little, but yeah. oh well. Yeah. And we're, we're yeah, we've actually done really good with rain so far. We're kind of I bet the farmers are really happy now because they can actually get out in the fields and put the rest of those beans in and yeah, stuff. Instead so of it raining. Yeah, instead of raining on them. Yeah. So. Well, before we start here, uh, why don't you introduce yourself to everybody? Uh, tell us who you are, where you're from. Um, obviously, you work for Cuddyback. That's no secret. Um, but why don't you kind of give everybody uh, just a quick background about, you know, how you got into hunting, you know, whether you were a kid or however you got into it. Yeah, no, that's cool. Um, so my name is Dan Schultz. I'm the Vice President of Sales and Marketing here at Cuddyback. Uh, we are located in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Um, company's been around since, uh, 1989. It's the longest standing trail camera company. Uh, you know, I was not my, no one in my family hunted. Um, and I started hunting not to a college, uh, tried some grouse hunting and thought that was cool. And just like being outside, um, eventually rolled that into trying deer hunting. I wasn't sure I really wanted to do that, but, um, Jumped into it, read some articles, went out, had a cool story, had buck fever, missed the buck, but at that point was hooked. And, uh, you know, as I kind of progressed uh, into that gun season here in Wisconsin's a big deal, just like you guys have down in Missouri, the gun season's a big deal. Um, Did that kind of traditional thing. And then after a few years decided, hey, I really think the bow hunting sounds cool. And, you know, once I got into that, when we were up close to personal with the deer, man, I was hooked and in a way, way we went. So been hunting for some, you know, 25 years or something like that. Um, hunt, love whitetail, bow hunting's my top of my list. Um, you know, do a little duck hunting here or there, maybe a little bird hunting. 
Um, you know, I started off my career in the just general business world. I was in the printing industry, uh, worked for a couple of big companies there, managing some sales departments, and then uh, ultimately had an opportunity to come into the outdoor space uh, through a company called Wildcom that did sponsorship sales for some of the larger shows on Outdoor Channel and Sportsman Channel. And uh, met a lot of people along the way. Um, that kind of helped, you know, expedite my interest in the, in the uh, hunting space. And then uh, had the opportunity to come in on the manufacturer side to go to Cutty Back and decided to do that. So I've been there about three years now and, um, you know, use the cameras, love using cameras. Uh, but, you know, I didn't start off with uh, Cutty Back. I've used, you know, multiple brands throughout the, the ages. There's a lot of good cameras out there, very competitive market. Uh, but no doubt it's just fun getting those pictures. Sometimes the, the picture stuff is actually more fun than the, uh, the actual hunt sometimes. No, no doubt. I, it's kind of a sport in itself, really. Yep. <laughs> yeah. It's like, uh, it, it really is like Christmas for me when I check trail cams. Yeah. That first I'm time excited. it's always super exciting. You know, you hope that one deer made it one more year and all kinds of, you know, never know what you're going to find on them too. So, yeah. Yeah. And for the listener, I mean, uh, obviously, we're going to talk about Cuddyback's Cuddy Link system in detail today. Mm-hmm. Um, and full transparency, they should already know this. We're partnered with Cuddyback, so we work closely with Dan. And uh, But, you know, Micah and I are just like you were when you first got into the industry or first started using trail cams. Um, I've got almost a dozen different brands of trail cams sitting in my, my closet right now that... I mean, from stealth cams to you name it, whatever I could find for 60 bucks basically at the time. And, you know, I went through them and I used to do the walk of shame once a month where I would I would walk a, a property we have and it would take me two and a half hours to check cameras. And uh, one of our other hosts, Andy, who unfortunately isn't here tonight, uh, previously owned a Cuddy Link system and just absolutely loves it. So that's that's where our interest in working with Cuddyback came was, you know, the the potential ease of use here. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you first got into trail cameras, because you know my first probably five or six years hunting, I didn't really use them. I just went hunting, um, and then I bought one, and then you know ended up with a bunch before we started working with you all. And um, how did you ha- what did you do with trail cams at first? And did you kind of learn as you went different ways to use them? Um, you know, did you start off just buying the cheapest one you could, you could find when you first started and then how did you kind of evolve from there? Yeah. I mean, you know, I've never been a guy that, um, necessarily buys the cheapest. Now I don't necessarily buy the most expensive. So my thinking was, okay, I'm going to go kind of in the middle. That should be reasonably safe, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, but I mean, obviously you think about uh, how trail cams have changed through the years where, and, you know, before I even started hunting guys, it would get these, these, you know, cameras that took pictures. They'd have to take the film roll in and yeah. get it developed. And, you know, they'd have like, they'd be all excited and they might have like 200 pictures and then they'd find out there's only something in like 10, you know, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> or they're all pictures so all of a branch. Excited, you know? <laughs> and then, um, then you go in into, you know, where it went to digital, where you had it on an SD card. Well, obviously that was a lot better than the film process because you could do it faster and everything. And, 
but now, you know, you got the whole cellular technology and some of the stuff that's out there that has made it, you know, more immediate and people can be kind of connected to their property um, more. Right. And right. it feels like, it feels like to me, like guys are playing with cameras, like longer periods of time than they were in the past. In the past, it was like, you know, Hey, you put them out, you know, maybe in whatever, uh, August or, or, you know, September or something. And you run, try to get that Intel going in the season. And then, you know, you pull them down right away as soon as gun season was done or something. But now you see guys, you know, running cameras kind of all year and it's just fun, man. I mean, you know, you got right now we got fawns obviously showing up on camera and, you know, you got bucks starting to pop a little bit of velvet and obviously that'll migrate into, you know, where they're really blowing up and, and, and get to the point where we all want to see, but we just came out of winter and there is a little window there where there's not, you know, every deer looks like a doe basically, you know, it's not that exciting, (laughs) but other than that, you know, little maybe month and a half window, it always seems like there's something going on. Right. And, Mm -hmm. you know, and you can get trespassers, you can get coyotes, you can get, uh, you know, raccoons, all kinds of crazy stuff. So, um, you know, I think it's just a blast. I mean, you know, I, I would like to see more people get into it, not because, you know, we sell them, but just because I think, hey, it's a lot of fun. I mean, you know, it's a good way to do some nature stuff. Um, even people that don't hunt, you know, we've got some customers that put cameras on ponds or mm-hmm. woodbuck houses and stuff, you know, and they get some awesome pictures, you know, so it's really, it's, uh, you know, like I said, it's a lot of fun, but, but man, the technology has evolved, obviously, you know? Yeah, no doubt. I mean, Hell, I'm uh, my brother-in-law, um, Russell. He was the first camera he ever bought. I remember he was a, a younger kid, maybe fourteen, or a, he was young. And I remember it was <laughs> it had to be two foot wide by, <laughs> by eighteen inches tall. You know, it was just gigantic. And it took the big square batteries. What are those? Uh, nine volts? Oh, like a nine volt? Yeah, <laughs> whatever. You know, the big batteries, and I mean, and it would last like third. 13 days <laughs> and I don't, I don't remember how it stored stuff but uh he actually still has that camera he doesn't really? use it but he still has it that's neat it's like nostalgia you yeah know, like, i might be able to sell this for four hundred thousand dollars someday <laughs> I doubt uh, it, but, okay. but uh you know and and when i got into it it was i mean i it was basically a lot of the technology had had been better but one of the first things i noticed when when i got into trail cameras but was i sucked at picking spots for them I, you know, I would just be like, hey, there's a great spot. I'll put it on this tree. Um, what did you learn kind of throughout the years? Did you kind of get a, a nice – there's easy ways to put cameras out, obviously. Yeah. Put it over a, a salt lick. That that makes that makes a lot of sense. Or but, some type of food, you know, corn or whatever, yeah. you, if you're – Yeah, you're, I mean, you know, obviously, um, you know, anytime they, they – in some states, obviously, you can use – you know, things like mineral or, or food, right, to get the deer there. Mm-hmm. But some states you can't, right? And so that's, you know, you, it, and Wisconsin happens to be one of the states with CWD that we can't really, you know, do that stuff. And so you got to work a little harder, um, kind of understanding what the deer are doing, you know. And uh, But, you know, to me, um, one thing that I see guys do all the time is, you know, maybe it's a food plot and they got a camera on a food plot man, it is hard to get good pictures on food plots because obviously the deer have such a big area that they can move around that, you know, you can't get the camera close enough. And, 
you know, in the past, even with a camera where you were pulling the card and you had the high res, it was hard enough to get a picture that was good, you know, from where it was close enough. But now you, you go to cellular technology where everybody's moving around a smaller resolution photo so that, you know, they don't use up tons and tons of data. Yeah. You got to be even better. Like you can't, you know, so I don't like, I have some cameras in food, but I usually try to put them on, you know, entrances or exits, like where they tend to come in or come out. So I can get them close and not worry about trying to get them in like the middle of the food plot or anything. Cause to me, I would rather have a better picture, less better pictures than more pictures that I can't really do anything with, you know? And so quality over uh, quantity type thing. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and so, and I like scrapes. I mean, you know, I'm a big fan of putting cameras on scrapes and, you know, obviously some, some scrapes they actually do use all year. So there, you have some scrapes that you can put there. You won't get the same kind of number of pictures as you will in the rut. Um, but once you get into the rut, then that's a great place to put a cameras on a scrape so you can get the buck because that's obviously what everybody's interested in. Um, here in Wisconsin, I, I use a lot of pinch points or, you know, trail junctions uh, where I, I, you know, I'm pretty confident that deer come through there pretty regularly and I get them close. You know, like I said, I mean, I would rather have uh, a good picture that really gives me an idea of the age class of that buck. I'm not as worried about how many points and some of that stuff. I mean, obviously you can tell and you want to tell, um, but I really want to see, you know, does he look like he's, you know, an older buck or does he look like he's younger buck? Cause you know, Wisconsin, like Missouri, we shoot a crap ton of bucks in the gun season. And yep. so you, you know, we shoot a lot of young bucks and you don't get, you know, a lot of older bucks. So you got to work a little harder if you want to get, you know, an age class buck. And sometimes that means you're not shooting one, but that's been my challenge. Like, you know, I started off shot little bucks and there's nothing wrong with, um, you know, you have to shoot what's on your property. Right. I mean, like, because sometimes you might want to shoot something awesome, but you don't have anything awesome, you know? And, um, but then you also, I like to kind of have some personal challenge in the process to where, Hey, you know, can I, I'm not worried about how it scores. I'm worried about, is it older? Cause in Wisconsin, if you can shoot a three year old or older, you've accomplished, that's a smart buck. Like he's, he's smart, you know? So to yeah. me, that's cool. Like to kind of match, match wits against that dude is, is fun. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's one thing I've learned is I started using more travel, pa- travel corridor corridors and, and trails and, but, you know, if you sit the camera right on the trail, a lot of times all you get is a picture of Brown while he's walking by it. So I started, you know, getting my camera just, you know, five, Slightly ten off, yards yeah. off the trail, yeah. pointed a certain direction that I usually think they're probably going to be entering it. Because um, sometimes they, they walk a trail and don't ever walk up the back the way backwards. You know, it's it's uh, almost a one-way type of street. And yeah. uh, so you kind of get used to which way they're traveling and, and you get it. And you can actually get some beautiful pictures off of trails uh hell we've got a picture from last season of that that buck in the fog that i've got oh yeah that He's, one's really cool and it's got the, the fog in the background and it was just a, a trail is all it was and um that's what i've started using more of although i do down here where the county we're in we can use mineral and salt and things like that uh so i'll hang one over my mineral lick and i know i'm gonna get <laughs> gosh i mean there's times where i'll go check that 
camera last year every three weeks and I'll have 1,800 pictures on it. <laughs> you know, you know you're going to have a, a, just a boatload of them. Uh, and some are really gorgeous pictures. So you get a really good idea with what you have there with those things. But yeah, yeah other places with CWD, we have counties here in Missouri um, that you can't do that. Yeah, um, up, up north, that's how it is. Yeah, we're not one of them yet. No, and, and there's no doubt that uh, being able to put out maybe a little corn or mineral is a great way to do what I would classify uh, inventory, right? So you have <laughs> yeah. your camera, you can do inventory. And, and it is nice to know, like, what do you got cruising around, right? And then go to work on putting the cameras out, trying to figure out, okay, how they moving around and where is that guy that I really want to see? Um, you know, last year uh, had, was lucky. We had a buck on the property that was 167 cruising around. Now we did not, you know, shoot that buck, unfortunately, but man, we got a crap ton of pictures <laughs> and uh, it was fun, you know, to wake up like almost every day and like, Oh, there is again, you know, we could tell, what he was doing like we could see the path he was going and, and it was a one way like you said where he would go always you always see him going one way on the certain cameras and then the other way on some others but um he just wasn't doing it during the daylight was the problem you know um but at, nonetheless just even seeing that kind of a deer on camera uh, on a regular basis on multiple cameras and getting that kind of intel man it was it was fun it was a shame when he got shot because then obviously that I was Stop just going to ask you. <laughs> I'm guessing a neighbor got that one. It was a neighbor, and, you know, it's, hey, it's an old guy. He was like 87. He's a meat hunter. And, you know, sitting in a, you know, here we are worried about scent and how we get in and out. And he was sitting on the ground and shot it at like 14 yards. <laughs> oh, and, and, you know, but I don't, you know, that's cool, man. Like, I mean, that's great. It's a great last buck for probably be his last buck, you know? So that's awesome for him. And, you know, we don't own the deer. I know some people, you know, you do work hard and it's, uh, yeah. and, you know, you'd like it to be you. But you you definitely day, feel like it sometimes that it's, that's my deer. <laughs> that's my deer. And it, you know, it's not, but you definitely, when you put in that work, uh, for an animal, uh, I can remember this would be what, three years ago now. My brother-in-law, Russell, and I had a deer we were after that we nicknamed Shredder. And uh, Russell hunted that deer. Russell really liked that deer for whatever reason. It just was a deer that he, he yeah. really wanted to kill. And he was after that deer all bow season long. And opening day of rifle season, some kids come up from out down south on a neighboring property. And that deer Shredder decided to turn right instead of left. And crossed a creek and went onto the neighboring property, and that kid shot him from the ground. Yeah. And, you know, Russell was, I wouldn't say he was like upset. He was just like, dang. (laughs) (laughs) I I was right. So close. Yeah. Yeah. No, and that's how last year my buddy was, you know, had a close encounter with that particular buck. I did not, but he did. And he, you know, was close to where he could have shot it and just didn't come together. And so, you know, but that's how it goes. I mean, that's what makes it exciting, right? If we shot them all the time, it wouldn't be that fun because it would be, you know, you'd probably get bored with it, right? That, hey, man, I mean, this is too easy. Yeah. So, you know, part of the failure is what drives all of us to yeah. be more motivated to do it, you know, and yeah. it makes it more fun with cameras and everything. And you think to yourself, gosh, got this dog on thing on camera and stuff. I know what he's doing. I still can't kill him. Come yeah. on, man. <laughs> no, I agree. Now, I will say the very next year, Russell killed a deer that at one point in that year was a 170-inch deer. Now, 
He lost about 20 inches of antler, yeah. uh, unfortunately. But that was one of those deer that he happened to come our way that morning, and Russell yeah. was able to take him down. And not not 15 minutes later, that deer would have been spooked by a dude walking the gravel road. Um, just, you know, one of those guys that once again shows up, walks around, and shoots at anything brown. Yeah. Uh, but – you know, so sometimes you don't get lucky, and then other years, like the very next oh. year, you, you get it. So, yeah, no, nope, uh, and that's that's what I say. You know, so it's what makes it fun, man. Yeah. Well, um, let's transition because we thought of this episode. Honestly, I was on a show, uh, a fellow podcast of ours down here in Missouri had me on a couple weeks ago, and we were talking about stuff, and we got into trail cameras, and you know, I told him, well, we're we're sponsored by uh, Cutty Back, and this is what it is, and he really didn't know about the Cuddy Link system. And so I, I kind of explained it to him in generic terms because I'm not near as smart as you are, uh, how cool it is and the great idea behind it. And it made me think of an episode where we could really explain to the listener what Cuddy Link is and kind of how to use it so that anybody that has questions on as to whether, hey, should I buy this, should I not, um, they should really get them answered in this show because – you know, it is a terrific idea. The idea of only checking one camera to check up to what, 24 now? Is it? Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a, a genius idea uh, to be able to say, yeah, I'm going to check this one camera. And now with the advent of the cell, the cell cameras, you don't even actually have to go physically check that one if you don't want to. Um, but let's just kind of introduce kind of Cuddy Link, you know, kind of the history behind how it started um, and just kind of give, you know, the different paths people can use on the Cuddy Link and then we'll just kind of move on from there, um, giving people more, more, in more detail, I guess. Sure. So, you know, and you're right. I mean, it's one of those things that because it's unique and we do have a patent on the technology uh, back in uh, 2019 in December. We get granted a patent on it, um, you know, and because we're the only one doing it, you know, you just don't, there's a lot of people that say they never heard of it, you know, like the whole concept just doesn't, they've not heard about it or seen that. And so um, that's not uncommon. Um, you know, the reality is that the guy that started the company, Mark Cuddy back, back, you know, in 1989, like I said earlier, you know, he's a hunter. So, he back in the day was like, Hey, I have two weeks vacation to hunt. I got to find a better way to try to track down these deer. So he came up with the idea of a trail cam and thus Cutty Back was invented. And through the years, as he's done, you know, the work on how can we make the system better? One of the things that bothered him was, you know, Hey, I'm walking into the woods and I'm pulling these cards and I'm educating the deer and that's not a good plan. And it's, you know, doesn't work sometimes because then they know what I'm doing and so on and so forth. But you want the intel. So how do you get the pictures? You know, you either didn't run cameras and didn't know anything or else you did that and maybe tried to go in if it was windy or raining or something. Um, but in that process said, hey, you know, it'd be cool would be if we could get the pictures but not have to go in and, and mess with these cameras. And thus uh, they started playing around with some ideas and ultimately, uh, the Cuddy Link technology was uh, was was stumbled upon and investigated, and ultimately brought to market. And so, uh, it's it's essentially using radio technology that a lot a mesh network that allows one camera to be the home camera, and then the other cameras to be the remote cameras. 
and the remote cameras can send their pictures back to the home camera and the home camera then the user can either you know go pull the card or as you stated in today's world uh now uh can have cell unit there as the home camera and have it you know send the pictures so that you know in when you look at the two systems you know there's really two ways that guys tend to use the system either one they live on the property and because they live on the property or maybe they don't want to the other thing is they don't want to pay any kind of fee they don't want to pay a monthly fee for cell service or data plans or any of that so if they live on the property they can put a camera maybe on the porch or even by their kitchen table or in the garage or at the edge of the woods or at the gate or whatever they want to do they put the home camera there they link together the remote cameras going back into the woods the remote cameras as they take pictures send their pictures up by the other cameras to the home camera and then the guy goes and pulls his card now he's got the pictures from all his cameras um when we brought out cell technology which was in uh 2019 to maybe 2018 i guess um at 2018, when we brought cell technology, now instead of having, you know, so now I'm a hunter that lives hours away from the property, right? A lot of us don't live at the property. Maybe it's an hour, maybe it's four hours, maybe it's eight hours, whatever. You know, now to, to even go pull the card, that's great that I don't have to pull one card, but now I can't do it, you know, very often. And so I'm not getting the picture. So by going to cellular technology, now we can place that camera as the home. The remote cameras do exactly the same thing as in the other system where they send the pictures back to the home camera and that home camera can email, text, you can go online and look at them, uh, but you get all the pictures that way. Obviously you have a monthly fee, but the monthly fee is still less than it costs for you to drive all the way out to the property and try to pull that single card or pull cards to get the intel. So in either case, whether you're a guy that lives on the property and, and has the convenience of living there, and doesn't want to pay a fee or whether you're a guy that lives further away that would like to get the pictures uh, while he's not at the property, there's something for each user at that point. Yeah. And the cell, the cell cam, I mean, any cell cam you have, which pretty much every company makes a cell cam now. Um, I mean, you're going to pay for it. They all have a monthly subscription, right. I guess you'd call it or whatever. Um, but, now, but what's nice is with this one, you're just paying for one. The other one, if you have two cameras, that's two different plans you have to pay for. If you have up to four, you know, that's four different plans. And that could get really expensive really quick. Yeah. Yeah. And when you, when you look at, uh, if I was going to say there was two big differences for CuddyLink, right, that they get talked about with the users is that point, which is, okay, I want to have multiple cameras. I'd like to get pictures from multiple cameras because I've got, you know, these spots where I think a, a buck or whatever is moving around. So, you know, if you're with the competitor, you got to have eight cameras, you got to have eight data plans. In our case, you want to have eight cameras, big deal. You put one cell camera out, you have seven other cams, you're only paying the one cell plan. Those remote cameras, there's no fee um, to send back to the home to then send you the pictures. So, you know, we constantly talk to guys, you know, Hey, I've got eight of whatever brand I'm paying about 80 bucks a month, just cause generally let's just say $10 a month. That range is a reasonable monthly amount based upon the number of pictures guys get, you know, with Cuddy link, 
maybe that scenario we're looking at, you know, maximum $40, right? So right there, you're saving a considerable amount per month. And in some ways we can even go less than that. Um, but, um, you know, when you look at that, you know, you say, hey, that's a big savings. The other big difference is that talks, gets talked about a lot with the Cuddy Link is that those remote cameras don't require cell service. So, you know, when you look at a lot of guys' properties, they might have cell service somewhere in the property, but it may not be encompassing of the property, right? So maybe they got a swamp or some low areas or something where, you know, there's just no cell service there. So you can't, you couldn't put a cell camera because it just won't connect. Um, in our case, you just put the remote camera there. They send back to the home via the Cuddy Link network. And now that home camera, that's the only one that requires cell service, is able to send the pictures out. So I would say those two things, when we're at shows, trade shows, whatever, you'll get guys that'll come up, is this the one where I can have all the cameras and only pay one fee? Yep, yep, that's this one. Is this the camera that I don't have to have cell service, but I can still get the pictures from it uh, somehow? Yep, that's this one too, you know? And so those are the two big differences, I would say, when, and I'm not knocking the competition because competition has cool stuff they can do too. So I'm not saying that, but that's what our system can do. Nice. Yeah. Um, and that's, I mean, I, that's what kind of set y'all apart a little bit from not a little bit, a lot of bit, cause nobody else can really do that at all. Um, I mean, hell I've, there's been, there's been so many times in the last five years that I have spent two hours walking a property, going through cornfields, um, walking through weeds and crap that are above my head in the middle of the, you know, into the summer, covered in ticks by the end of it, and going, this sucks, <laughs> <laughs> you know. And when you could potentially just have your home camera sitting on, you know, went into the property, marry each remote camera down the line to each other. Um, and then just show up and grab that one camera, even if it was not even a cell camera or have the cell camera, but show up, pull that card and done. Um, that's a lot of time. Part of me is like, what in the hell were you doing the last five years, dude? (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, well, you know, and I, you know, as we said, right, when I got into the business, I was in a different capacity. I worked with a lot of different brands. So I had multiple cameras and invested money in these cameras and, some really great cameras took great pictures. Um, but then, you know, okay, I'm a Cuddy, Cuddy back guy. So I got to use Cuddy link. So I started using Cuddy link and but I got to buy my cameras too. Right. So I started buying some and put them out. Well, as soon as I started using the Cuddy link and had it kind of dialed in where I understood what it was doing and why it was doing it. I mean, I was like, okay, I got to sell the rest of my cameras, man. So I went on eBay and sold my cameras because I just like, I'm not walking to another camera and pulling the card. Number one, you know, it's just, it's a lot of time that I could be doing something else. I'd be working on a food plot or, you know, doing some project around the house, keep my wife happy so that when I can leave, you know, for hunting season and I'm, you know, scored some points or, you know, going fishing or anything, right. Uh, anything was, was probably more useful. And I wasn't educating the deer in the process, which, to me, you know, we have a number of guys that have said, hey, man, gosh, you know, ever since I use the Cuddy Link, I see a lot more daytime pictures. And it makes sense, right? Because they're not in there on any kind of rotation going in there and pulling those cards and putting their scent out there. So 
and I don't care how safe you are, right? You can spray down, you can do this, that, but when you enter into their bedroom or their territory, they're going to know they're there. Just like if somebody walked into your living room, you'd notice somebody there too, you know? And so, um, the less we can do that, I think the more, uh, advantage to our side goes, they're hard enough to shoot no matter what. So, you know, we need all the help we can get, man. You know? Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. Um, you got something? Yeah. So, with the way this works, are we losing any of the quality of pitchers as far as, what do they call that? Uh, well, I was just getting ready to talk about, have Dan get into the details about the cutting link. Because, you know, there's sending size and things like that that you'll get into. So, I, I guess we'll just kind of start getting into that. Some of the details with the cutting link, uh, you know, things like yeah. the sending size and the different models you got and you know, different options. Yeah. Are the sure. pictures as are the pictures as good uh, as any other camera out there type thing by using this yeah. system? So, um, those are great questions. So, you know, what happens is yes, we are moving because we're using a radio frequency network. We can't move, we can't move a large file, right? So we are moving a lower res file. Every cell camera company out there, is moving a low res file. Now they may give you the option of getting the high res file. Uh, we also allow the opportunity to uh, to have the user get the high res file. Um, but if they're on cell only, we can do that. When we start bringing the radio network in, then that's not an option. Like now, now we have to move this lower res file. But as I said, when putting cameras, if you if a guy sets up the cameras the right way, and I'm talking about on trails, on scrapes, in closer locations, um, you're going to get, I mean, I look at these pictures, I don't see any issue. Like, I don't pull the card. A user could go pull the card. They would still have the high res on the camera if they wanted. Mm -hmm. But, you know, the value of getting that timely information sent on a regular basis so i know the deer was here at this time and he's on that camera at this time and this other camera at that time to me that's more useful um you know the the days of fancy pretty pictures were cool but i think that that to the user is is diminishing in in what so i'm not saying that we're not sending a nice picture because i think we do it's not the same quality as the high res but I just don't think that in today's environment, that's as critical. It's more critical to get that time, you know, the timely yeah. date um, and to stay out of the area. So, um, you know, but like I said, you can still go back and pull the card if you really want yeah, to. So let's say you've got the buck of a lifetime and you're like, hey, I would really love to get a picture of this buck. That's cool. You know, we had one. You go pull the card. You can have that high res data just like you have. Yeah, because like I was gonna say, my my camera I'm holding here. I've got a uh, a J series, a J Silver series. Uh, this is just one of my remote cameras I'm holding. It takes 20 meg megapixel pictures. So at some point, I can go get that high res photo if I right. if I wanted it down the road. Right. But the the photo you might get that's sent to you during through cell service is gonna be, I guess, degraded so that it can be sent to you which every cell cam does, if I'm tr correct. I mean, like you said, you could probably pay more to get the high-resolution one, but then you're also paying, you know, what, at freaking 60 bucks a month maybe to go get well, high-res photos. You're using up more data because at the end of the day, all of these cameras are uh, on data plans, just like right. your phone, technically. So 
if you request a high res, you request a video, then it uses up more data. They're happy to let you do that. It just means that you either going to have to buy a bigger plan to afford it, or you're going to run out of data. Right. And so, right. um, so the, all of them are using lower res files because that allows us to get more data through for the user. Um, but you know, there's give and take, right. So, mm -hmm. um, and that's one of the things that, uh, um, you know, when you look at CuddyLink, you know, we just don't have the ability to move a big file um, through that radio network. But the fact that we can have multiple cameras on one cell plan is the benefit of that. So it's all every, everything in the world is trade off, right? Like, it's like, I have a boat and I like to go fishing. I wish that my wife's car could pull my boat so that I could get better gas miles. The problem is, it sucks. <laughs> you can't do it. So I got to drive my truck and my truck doesn't get the gas mileage that I wish it would get when it pulls the boat. So, you know, I can call Ford or Chevy and, and, you know, be like, Hey, Chevy, can't you make it the car, you know, but it just doesn't work. And it's the same with the Cuddy link, right? There's limitations on stuff that we can or cannot do, yeah. uh, but there's a lot of benefit. So, and I, I wouldn't even consider that a limitation. That's just, I mean, that's just the way it is. That's just you smart. Know? I mean, yeah. You can get the photo. It might not be uh, SLR quality, but I, I mean, mean, as long as I can make out what that animal is, yeah, you know, and yeah. if it's the target buck or whatever I'm after, I don't care. As long as I can make that out, that's all that matters to me personally, yeah. you know. And that, that it absolutely does. You know, yeah. that it absolutely does, especially, you know, if you set the cameras right and do the thing, you know, the smart way, then, you know, like we talked about, you know, then there's just a lot of things you can do with camera setups that'll help your cause. And, and that in the cellular technology stuff, it's important to do that, yeah. you know, because those lower res files. Yeah. So, um, okay. Uh, let's move on to, um, you know, the sending size was kind of a one we had on here. What about the different models? Like I know for instance, you know, the ones we have, um, I actually think we have a, a combination of, I think my home camera is yeah. G series. And then um, my remotes are J's. So uh, why don't you kind of go take the listener kind of through some of the different models with the Cuddy Link, and um, yeah, we can just kind of go from there, I guess. Yeah. So uh, we make one version of the cell camera. Um, there, it's a G series, mm -hmm. um, and there is for the Cuddy Link side, and there's AT and T version of Verizon. So one question the guests ask all the time is that, hey, I've got a Sprint phone, does that matter? Nope, does not matter, right? So all that matters is you pick the kind of camera that uh, is going to work at the property. So if the property has Verizon service, then pick the Verizon camera. If the cam, if the property has AT&T service, pick the AT&T you know, camera. It doesn't matter what your cell phone is. Just like I can text or call uh, a guy with a Sprint phone or a you know, uh, track phone or whatever kind of phone, it works the same way. The camera can send it to the, the end user, no problem. Um, the, but we only make the G series just because it makes it simpler to have just the one version of the, the cell cam. Uh, when we get into the remote cameras that send back to the home, then we have the J series and we have the G series. Um, now, technically, every camera can be the home. So when we talk about the two ways of using it, um, when a user wants to just pull a card, any camera can be the home. And so if they don't want to pay the monthly fee and have it sent cellularly, 
they could take any J camera or any G camera in the menu, choose home, and then the remote cameras would send back to that home and they could pull the car to get the pictures. Um, when it comes to the, if they want cellular, then obviously they got to buy the cellular camera. And that's the only thing that one has to be the home. It can't not be the home because it's going to gather up the pictures and then email off. Right. First. Um, so, uh, when you start talking about J versus G, uh, you know, we make IR, we have different flash technology, right? So the J series has an IR camera and then there's a black flash. When we get into the G series, now we're going to talk about we have a, a dual flash, which can you the user can pick between IR and black flash. They can pick a powerhouse model in both a powerhouse IR or a powerhouse black flash, which give you more distance, more detail, more black to gray um, color balance. Or you can pick a strobe camera like the old white flash where you get the color nighttime photos. So when you when you look at the two cameras and a user can mix and match, right? So if a, if a guy wants to have some J's and some G's, no problem. If a guy wants to have some IR and some black flash, no problem. If a guy wants to have, you know, strobe two, no problem. They can have all of one. They can mix and match whatever they want to do. Um, the G series is the higher end camera. Um, it's not really the daytime picture quality will be about the same. It's just the nighttime photos is where they'll notice the difference because the flash technology on the G series is larger. It's about double when you actually look at the flash. It's about double the physical size of the J. Yep. And because of that, it, it it allows for more light to transmit so that the person gets better images for nighttime. Um, so, you know, the reality is that, uh, um, you know, like I said, they both work fine. You would say, generally speaking, if a guy was buying cameras and he wanted them on scrapes and trails, things where he knows he's going to mount the camera closer and he may have a little bit of a reflective background, then the J series is a great product. The G series can do those scenarios as well, but if they were on a field edge or a food plot where they do need to shoot a little further, then the G series would be the better option because it's got the bigger flash. Nice. And there's even some of the G series uh, or the some of the remote models, like I believe mine, where um, it's mine is a cell camera, but there's even some of those where you don't necessarily have to use it as a cell version you kind of have the option if you wanted to maybe not do it for a month or um you know whatever um isn't that right we were talking about that the other day now some you you must have it but right um, some of the units um you have to have a uh a cell plan for it to work as a home unit mm -hmm. and then some of them you do not it sort of depends on how you buy the camera i mean we basically are subsidizing the price of the camera right uh, kind of like a cell phone company would do, right? Because we know we're going to get the data plan and we're trying to be more competitive. Um, we do make a home unit that if a user, so let's say he doesn't want to send cellular and he wants to pull a card and he doesn't need to take pictures because maybe he's put it on his porch and he doesn't need pictures of him mowing the grass back and forth and stuff. You could take that home unit and put it on the porch and pull the card. It doesn't have a camera, so it saves him a little bit of money doesn't have to have any kind of a cell plan. Um, that was the original, what we call home camera uh, back when, when we started. So 
you know, certainly through the course of time, the product has transformed. Um, when the J series originally came out, it ran on 12 AA batteries and, um, you know, that's how it was configured. And then when we came out with our second version of cell unit, not the initial version, but the second version, we came out with what's called the K series. And that K series ran on six D batteries. Now, after playing around with all these cameras and doing a bunch of testing, we determined that having four D batteries was better. Um, and it's better for a few different reasons. Number one, the D batteries just seem to last better with the cutting length technology. Number two, the platform just tends to be a little more stable. Um, but the biggest thing that why we did it was that we learned that when connecting external power sources, that that gave us the most flexibility for the user. So as you see now moving forward, like now all J cameras are built on a 4D. Mm-hmm. All G cameras are built on a 4D platform. All cell cameras will be built on a 4D platform. So all the cameras are built on the 4D platform um, because it allows us to, so if I want to run, let's say, I'll just give you an example. Let's say I want to run a solar panel to the camera. I can have alkaline batteries in the camera itself, have our solar panel that has a rechargeable battery bank in it. The, the panel is charging the batteries in the panel and it's running the camera. And because there's more voltage there, the camera's smart enough to know, use the panel batteries first. But if it got cloudy for a bunch of days and was running down my batteries on the solar panel, before it kills them, it will know that, hey, the batteries are getting low. I'm going to change these alkaline batteries and run those until that uh, rechargeable battery charges back up again. So it's like having an emergency generator like to your house, right? So as long as the power is good through the electric company, that's how you use it. But if that were to be compromised in some way, then the alkaline batteries kick in. So by having that voltage difference, the system knows, hey, here's a great way to run this power. Yeah. Uh, let's stay on batteries because I read this in my uh, uh, manual. Manual. Thank you. <laughs> uh, I'm one of the weird people that read those most of the time. But um, let's stay on batteries. What are some of the better batteries to use? Um, because with yours, you don't want to use lithium correct um batteries. uh right yeah, yeah with ours so when we had the double a backs you could run lithiums because obviously they make lithiums they only make lithiums and double a batteries oh learn something new every day yeah i, I didn't, didn't know, know that, that. So, um so there was some guys that liked to do that however it wasn't as advantageous for our system because our system is built to give you notifications that um our system is built to give you notifications that the batteries are going low. Um, so, but when you have lithium batteries, they can't do that because a lithium battery, the way that it's built is that it just runs, runs, runs at full and then it dies. Like there is no decreased curve. Okay. An alkaline battery has a curve. So when we're trying to notify you that, Hey, the system's getting low on battery, you can't do it with an alkaline. So even though there was guys that were running alkaline batteries, cause other brands of cameras did perform better with alkaline with uh, lithium batteries, excuse me, with lithium batteries. Um, there was guys that wanted to run them that way, but in reality, it was always better on the cutting link side to run alkaline technology so we could 
let the people know, hey, the camera ship's going, you know, low or whatever. But the reality is that we, like I said, learned that the AA platform just isn't as good. And so that's why now the J series is on the 4D platform. Uh, we make even, we even make a conversion kit that a user could change over their AA back to a 4D back if they wanted to and, and get the benefit of that um, now. Yeah. So, um, you know, and, and we, let's just talk about power for a minute because it's something that I like to address. I don't like to shy away from it. Um, because these cameras are talking, right? And the way, the reason why they're talking is that home camera has to say, Hey, Mr. Remote camera, do you have any pictures? Yes, I do. Okay. Send them over. Mr. Remote camera. Do you have any pictures? No, I don't. Okay. Go back to sleep. They're doing that all day. Okay. And so because they're doing that all day, they're going to use power more so than regular cameras. And they don't, so like some guys will call and be like, hey, my camera is dying and it's only taken, you know, 400 pictures. What the heck? That doesn't seem like a lot of pictures. And they're right. It wasn't a lot of pictures. It was the communication that was causing the power loss. So when you look, it's, it's so like we talked about, you know, with trucks and pulling boats. At the end of the day, the Cuddy Link advantage of having multiple cameras send you the pictures and only paying one cell plan and, you know, having all these cameras out there that you're getting Intel from the cost is that communication and the communication cost is the power. So I don't run any of my cameras without um, an external power source and we make multiple power sources. We have, you know, a cheaper external battery pack and we've got cables that you can connect the nine volt or 12 volt. We've got solar panels, we've got dual battery packs, we've got all these different options. But I don't run any of mine without them because I really want to let these cameras run without touching them. That's the whole point. So I'm going to build my power strategy around how my camera setup is and then let that thing just crank away so I'm not in there all the time messing with that camera. So, and you know, the way I look at it is that, hey, that, you know, the advantage of not going to it and getting that Intel, it's worth putting a few extra dollars into some batteries and a battery pack if I need to do that. Yeah. And if you really think of it, um, okay, four D batteries, yeah, D batteries are more expensive, but most trail cameras use eight double A's anyways, some up to twelve. So you're using double the number of double A's, so it's really I mean the cost is similar as far as that goes now yeah if you start using the extra battery packs like we have uh we have a six uh six sixty six battery pack that's hard to say (laughs) um yeah i guess you then you have more but you're also going to run on six plus four ten d batteries for I mean, I, w- I would guess that'll run you for quite a while before you. Yeah. Ever do have you have? Do y'all have like a breakdown on if you're just running the camera on just the 4D and by adding the power pack around about how long they last? Yeah, I mean, I would say generally speaking, a camera with 4D batteries is going to run. Let's say generally, you're going to see somewhere in the two to three month range. Um, when you put the 6D external pack on that camera it makes a significant difference. And so I would say that you could get anywhere from five to eight months. I've actually got some cameras that I put out last July 
that are actually still running now with the four and the six. So that's almost a year, you know? So now obviously how many pictures it takes and how your network is set up is going to impact that. Um, But the reality is that you certainly should be able to get what most people would consider the season time, right? So if they put their cameras out in August and if they put, if they put four, four batteries in the camera and six battery external that camera should at least run for like i said probably in the five month range so you're talking you know at least gets you through gun season for sure right Mm -hmm. before they'd have to change it and if they if they have any ability to get the camera on in into the sun so let's say it's a field edge or a food plot where you can get sun to the camera with our solar panel, I've got a couple cameras that have been out, like my one camera has been out like 832 days or something. I've not touched that camera. So that's over two years. It's been running with the solar panel. No problem. Sending all day long. It's a cell camera. So it's busy. It's active. It's getting used a lot. Um, and yet, you know, it's been there for two years. I've not changed the batteries, touched it or anything. So, um, you know, you can build we have all the options to build the power any way the user needs to do it. They just need to be aware. It's, it's the one thing that would be like an Achilles heel to the cuttyback system. Cause if you don't address the power, the cameras die. Now you're not, especially if it's the cell one, you're not getting the pictures from all your cameras. Right. right. So, but address the power so that you know that it's stable and then you're good to go. Okay. Yeah. Well, okay, that kind of brings me up to a, another question. Each camera has an SD card, and we can get into what's the best SD card here in a minute. But with those remote cameras, what happens is that camera, eventually am I going to have to go out there and clear, clear that card, or does it delete them after so long, or how does that work? Yeah, so um, the cameras can take up to a 32 gigabyte card, which is a crap ton of pictures, obviously. Mm-hmm. So, um, but nonetheless, if you leave them out and you don't, you know, like I, I leave my cameras running all year. So if I don't pull them, you know, yep, they're going to start stacking up some pictures right over the long haul. Um, and if you didn't uh, go out and clear that card, then yeah, it could get full. However, you know, and this is where, you know, technology is helping, um, you know, when a user has the cell technology now, we actually have created it so they have remote access into their cameras. So if your card starts to get full, no big deal. I just log in and say, hey, delete my card if I want to. Um, even on, the, even on the remote cameras? Yeah. Like if it's yeah. a J or something? Yes. That's oh, wow. badass. That's pretty sweet. I did not real. I I didn't know that part. Yeah. So, and I can I can not only can I do that, but I don't really have to do it. I don't have to panic because we have a report where it shows you how much free space I have. So every day I'm getting a report. It's telling me, hey, this camera's got plenty of free space, plenty of free space, plenty of free space. But if it starts to get, hey, this camera's getting full, I know it's full. So I can either say, hey. I can see that one's getting full. So the next time I'm out there, I'm going to pull the card because I want to keep the images off of it or something. So I'm going to pull the card and swap it with a new one. Or you know what? I don't really care about the pictures because the quality I got was totally fine. I'm just going to go in here, click, 
delete, you know, card, clear card, and then it'll clear the card and boom, you're all set. So, you know, there's a lot of things that we've been working on. Um, you know, when the system originally came out, you could only have 16 cameras on a network. As you pointed out early in the show, we can now have 24 cameras on the network. And what that was, was a firmware update. You know, we came out with a new firmware. It's like the operating system. So just like your phone goes to an operating system update, the camera, you know, has an operating system update. And sometimes it's to clean up stuff or to fix something. But in a lot of cases, most of what we're bringing out are new features that now the user can take advantage of and they don't have to pay for it. They just get them for free. And so uh, when we came out last year with what we termed uh, Gen 2, Generation 2 firmware, which we labeled as version 8, um, as the users downloaded version 8, then they got the ability to have 24 cameras. They got that remote access that we're talking about where they can go in and change not only the cell camera settings, but they can also change the remote camera settings. And so they can control things like flash, um, the name of the camera, uh, the delay of the camera between pictures. Um, they can change the cell unit, how often it sends the picture. So there's a ton of stuff that the user can now uh, be in control of. Now look, the reality is that for changing a setting on our cell camera can happen pretty quickly because that's just connected to the cell network when changing the remote cameras, there's gonna be a little bit of a delay because we have to send the command to the cell, then it has used the radio network to send the request down to the remote camera, mm -hmm. then a remote camera has to process it. So they won't see like instantaneous change, but they will see it like, and there are ways to make it faster. So but dear Lord, what more do you want? I mean, <laughs> dear <Yeah>. God. <laughs> Uh, I, I did not know that. I, I thought it was just my cell cam that I could do that on because I've already gotten on to, um, well, we'll just get into it. The firmware, I already updated all my cameras to the Gen 2 firmware. Um, and it's, by the way, you can go through that if you want to. That's really easy to do. It's just a matter of it, you download it to an SD card. You stick the SD card in the camera. There, you go to the certain spot in the menu, which I guess you can go into detail on that, and boom, you download it, and it's it's updated. Um, but yeah, it literally takes like 20 seconds a camera. It's something that scares people because it just sounds more involved, right? But in reality, it's not. And I just encourage people, hey, you know, uh, get comfortable with it because, you know, there's just so many cool things you can get by updating the firmware. Um, you know, and the reality is that it's just pushing a few buttons. And if you're stuck, I mean, we have, we have uh, documents that we can send you that literally tell you how to do it. We have videos that show you how to do it. You can have somebody on the phone talk you through how to do it. I mean, it's whatever, whatever you need yeah. um, will help because, you know, now all of a sudden your cameras run better because of all the stuff that we've done to kind of help the system perform better. Right. And so, that firmware is, is a big deal. I, I encourage people, you know, some guys store the cameras, obviously. So before you go put them out, you know, check into the website, see what the current level of firmware is, get it on the camera. Uh, we, we are on what's uh, version 8.3 right now is the current generation two firmware. We do not have um, any firmware updates expected right now. I know that we get asked that a lot this time of year because guys are like, hey, 
I don't want to update my cameras and then find out I got to do it again in like, you know, a month or two weeks or something. And I get it. It's, it's that once they have them set, they really like to leave them. Um, so but, we don't have any firmware scheduled right now. We're going to, um, you know, do a three and it should, we should be good, but you don't have to correct. I mean, if you, if you've updated your firmware to eight, three, and then you go sit your cameras out and two weeks later, eight, four comes out, you don't have to do anything. Correct. No, you don't. Yeah, I mean, uh, if there was something that, it, you know, we were having a problem with, you might, you know, feel like, Hey, I better because, but if it's not, you know, there's no issue. It's just a new benefit and you don't want to, you don't want to mess with it and you get that benefit later, you know? Right. So yeah, you're right. And you know, there's no doubt that we, uh, we're continuing to investigate. Could we do it remotely? Right. Cause that would be really cool if we could do the firmware update remotely it's something we are looking at all day, every day. We haven't got it figured out yet. There's a couple of challenges, but we'll continue to work on that because there's no doubt that if we could do that for the user, um, man, that would be really awesome, right? And so right. Um, we're not there yet, but we will continue to work on that. Maybe we'll get there someday. I'll say this. If Nate Thomas can figure it out, <laughs> anybody can figure it out. And it <laughs> took me two seconds to learn how to, to download the new firmware. So, nice. yeah, and that's firmware. Um, you know, there's some more stuff we can get into. Um, before we get into deployment, Dan, what is there anything else on the details of the system that you want to give people some more some more information on? Um, and then we'll get into the, the real, the real I think, important part is, crit, you know, knowing how to actually deploy the cameras correctly. Um, um. You know, I'll just talk a little bit. I mean, there's some other stuff. It just kind of depends on where you want to throw it in there. I mean, we've kind of talked about, like, do you want to talk about cell plans? A lot of times people ask. It's a common question. Like, hey, what are yeah, your cell plans? Not a bad idea. I know what they are because I saw them already, but not everybody does. And, yeah, go ahead. Okay. Uh, so we have three different cell plans. Uh, there's a 750 image plan per month. There's a 2,000 image plan per month or there's unlimited. And then the user can uh, do either month to month where they can turn it on and off whenever they want to. They're in complete control. Or they can do an annual plan where they pay up front and then you get a discount because you paid up front. Now that one you can't turn on and off because obviously the whole advantage is you paid up front and so I get the year kind of a thing. Right. Um, and uh, they range, so the 750 image plan per month is $15 per month on the month to month, or they can pay for $120 annually, which breaks down to $10 per month. Um, so you, it's kind of like getting like three months free, basically. Okay. Right. So if there's anyone that's going to keep the cameras out for, you know, eight, nine or more months, then they really should do the, the annual plan and take advantage of the discount. Um, on the 2000 image plan, it's $20 per month on the month to month, or it's $180 uh, annually, which breaks down to $15 per month. And then the annual, uh, the unlimited plan is $40 per month, or it's uh, $360 annually, which breaks down to $30 per month. Now, with the two lower plans, the 750 image or the 2000, we also have what's called extra images, which for $5, you get another 1,000 pictures. And I encourage everyone that has the system 
to do that, to check that box. Because the way that it works is if you go over 750 images, then for $5, you get another thousand. So, and it's no risk. Like if you don't need it, you don't get charged it. But if, if oh. you know, instead of it stopping to send, because you know, it can stop. So it gets to 750 pictures and stops sending and you're done. And then when it renews the next month, it'll start sending again. But you know, for $5, I mean, I had a couple networks last year and I got billed like twice, you know, like in October, November when the deer were on their feet. Otherwise I never paid the $5 fee, you know, but I never miss getting any pictures. So I think it's a good value. Yeah. Um, you know, and when you're a user, you know, you start getting into the multiple cameras. I mean, obviously look, if you, if you have a cell camera and four remotes, you on some properties the ten dollar per month plan and with the extra images might be enough to get you through a lot of, most of the months for the year um or you know as you start adding more cameras then you need the bigger plan right but then the cost per camera goes down so it's not it's not you know ridiculous right. uh, you can have 24 cameras sending you pictures and the maximum you would pay is 40 dollars per month so so Two questions I thought of while you were talking about that for the average Joe that I'm sure is thinking this. Let's say you buy the 750 image plan up front and you're going to pay month to month. Okay. Yeah. So you're paying 15 bucks a month. Uh, and we'll just pretend you don't check the $5 box for argument's sake. So you hit your 750 pictures uh, halfway through the month. It stops sending the photos. It's not stopping sending the photos to the home camera where that you can still get those photos. If you re- if you wanted to go check the home camera, correct. Um, you just wouldn't get right. them sent to you, um, cellularly. Um, yep. and then if you decided, let's say you put your cameras out and a month and a half, two months later, your car broke down and you want to, you want to cancel the cell plan, um, for the next few months to pinch pennies. You can do that, and all that's going to change is that your photos are going to get sent to the home camera and sit on it, just like any other Cuddy Link system. Um, uh, unless, it just depends. Yeah. We, we do have, remember, we do have some of the cameras, the way they work, that you have to have the cell that's data. True. But yep. here's the thing, though. In that scenario, what I tell somebody, if they if they're like, hey, I just can't afford the cell thing, I need to shut it off. Hey, man, you got to do what you got to do, obviously. At that point, what they can do is just make one of the other cameras the home, right? And yep. send to that camera. So they give up one camera, but it, you know, they still have whatever they have. So let's say they have eight cameras. Well, now instead of getting pictures from eight cameras, they can only get from seven. But the reality is that they can still just not have that fee, you know? Like, yeah. And, um, you know, I don't want to have anybody, you know, having a hard time making payments because uh, they got to sell data plan or something but uh you know there's always ways to work around it and that's what i like is the versatility you can the options you, there's there's, <laughs> there's always a way to figure it out you can do the cell plan you don't want to pay for it then you just use one of your remote cameras as the home and yeah you, yeah. you might lose a camera but whoop-de-doo i mean it's one camera you can figure it out yeah for a month uh, or two till you, you want know to. you can pay annually you can save some more you can pay monthly um i didn't know about the five dollar box that was that's a good that's a hell of a I mean, if you think about it, it's a thousand pictures for five extra bucks. I mean, that's not a bad deal. So, I mean, that's pretty cool too. Um, 
what else if we want to go into more detail before we get into deployment which i know people are probably itching to hear too uh, um let's talk about uh picture viewing options um so you know we have a website that's called we refer to it as camp uh where the user creates an account and they log into their account and have a password all that jazz which i highly recommend recording that somewhere because that's a common mistake is <laughs> they uh set up their account and then forget to write it down. And we use 12 characters, which is not common. So yeah. a lot of guys, <laughs> my generic and password didn't like, work. Hey, well, I always use uh, baseball and then, <laughs> and then I'll say, uh, yeah, but you couldn't use baseball. Well, no, I always use baseball. I'm like, yeah, but that is only eight characters. It requires 12, man. Yeah, so you, idiot, to- you just <laughs> use four L's on the end. That's what I yeah, did. Four, I used my last no. character four times. <laughs> you could do that. Or some of them like, you know, put baseball one, two, three, four, but they forget. You know, so yeah. like, just write it down. You know, it's a lot better. Um, but uh, yeah, so you go into camp and then uh, that's where you like add the device and control the, you know, the stuff that we talked about. Um, but as far as how the actual user views pictures, they uh, they enter an email, and I I personally created a Gmail account uh, just so I don't mix it with my work stuff, right? So I have I have my work email that you know I don't want to get mixed in with pictures, and I have a personal email that I don't want to get my kids' baseball schedule or whatever mixed up. So I created a specific Gmail account just for deer pictures. That's the only thing that goes there. Um, so you can get the pictures emailed to you. I also get them text messaged to me because sometimes I'm hunting a property where I don't have enough cell connection to be able to get email, but a text message goes through. You can log into that camp website that I talked about. You can view them online if you're on uh, the cellular version. And then uh, we're about to launch an app. So later this month in June or early July, we're testing it now. We'll have an app. And then that user would be able to view the pictures that way. So however they want to view the pictures, they should be able to find a way that they can do it and and that they like. Um, And we're not going to make, they they can pick whichever one they like. Um, One of the other things is that when they have an account with us, they can actually send the pictures to 10 different locations. So if I'm hunting with some buddies, I can have 10 emails or four emails and six text messages or whatever I want to do. So at the same time that I'm getting the pictures, my buddy is getting the pictures. That way we all know we're seeing the pictures all at the same time. Um, They, uh, you know, and it, it's a lot of fun, right? Because like I hunt with a couple of partners on some properties and, hey, man, do you see that Bach picture just came through? You know, so it's uh, pretty cool. There's no extra charge for any of that stuff that just comes with your regular data plan. So um, just is sent out all at the same time. Nice. That's cool. Yeah, that, uh, that way, you know, that makes it smart where, you know, because obviously these, I'm not going to say cheap, but I mean, it's expensive to you know, get you a nice setup. So you get a few buddies come together, get you a few of these cameras, and then it doesn't matter. You don't got to call, Hey, did we get any pictures? Everybody gets them all at the same time. So that makes a lot of sense. So grab a few buddies. If you got people that you hunt with and just go in together with it and buy a system and do it that way. Right. Yeah. I mean, like, cause if you go in the past, like I hunted with some friends and they pulled cards it was kind of a pain, right, for them to download the pictures, and then they had to figure out how to get them over to me so I could see them or something. 
Like it just wasn't very efficient, you yeah. know, and it was a pain in the butt. We deal and, with that uh, now. So, yeah. So then, you know, the tough part was that I just didn't get to see a lot of the pictures, like until it was later. And it was like, well, that's not very fun, you know? So now with uh, being able to all get the pictures uh, right away and we all see them, like, man, it makes it, it makes it way more fun and it's super easy to do. So, uh, and you don't have to worry about your buddies lying to you anymore. Cause I got buddies <laughs> that do that to me. Just yeah, <laughs> Right. There's no way to hold back that big buck picture, man. Yeah, we didn't get nothing, nothing this time, man. I wouldn't even worry about going. Wouldn't even worry about going hunting. <laughs> I mean, I mean, my brother-in-law and I, we deal with that now. Where if you know, if I'm the one, if I go check the cameras in years past, um, and and check all the photos, I would we would always try to figure out how to get the the photos to the other guy. So I would try to text him, and it wouldn't send him. And then we downloaded Google uh, Google Photos together, and then you know did a shared thing. Well, half the time he couldn't figure out how to get on it, and it was always a pain in the butt. So we would have to wait till we were together, and then I could airdrop him some photos to to his phone, you know. And it was always just a pain in the butt. So that's yep. that's a cool feature too. Um. Uh. Okay. Do you want to get into deployment? Because I think this is. What else you got? You got anything you want your Oh, yeah, no, we can, do, we can do deployment. I wanted to talk a little bit about the plans and how they get sent because I think yeah, go ahead. a lot of people ask about that. But uh, deployment would be the next, you know, big topic, right? So, um, well, if you want, well, you, you can get into that last thing real quickly, too. I mean, it's, it's not going to hurt because I do also in SD cards, you had mentioned up to 32 gigs. Yeah. Um, Is there a brand that you find that works better? Or I know, um, yeah, I know that you, you know, I know you always want to use a name brand anyways, you know, one of those top users. Yeah. Brands. And you know, I mean, just SD cards in general are a big deal with us because, uh, the fact that the remote cameras are storing the pictures and then sending, and then the home camera is gathering up pictures and sending, it's fairly important to have a decent SD card, you know? So I would say that, you know, I would agree with your comment that, I would recommend using a brand name versus a guy that's like private labeling somebody's right. So SanDisk is my favorite. I think that's a real strong brand. Um, you know, there's a lot of people that buy PNY and you know, that's fine. It's just that some of the, the private label brands, you know, if it's like got, you know, whatever trophy something and no one, you know, that's not a SD card manufacturer, obviously that's just somebody putting their label on it those we seem to have, you know, have more issues with. Right. Yeah. Um, the other, the other thing I would say when it comes to SD cards is, you know, and maybe people don't understand this is a general camera topic. Now, if I have a Browning camera or I have a Spartan camera, you really shouldn't mix those SD cards in those cameras because one talks German and one talks French. Now, if you want to format it, so let's say I used it in the Browning. Now I format the card and I put it in the cutty back. No problem. That's fine but don't take the cap and the card from the Browning camera, put it right in the cutty back. A lot of times they're going to have some problems. Um, yeah. The same goes for things like viewers and stuff. Some of those viewers put files on the cards and then that messes up how the camera works. And so we'll get a lot of times where, you know, if, if you're getting pictures, but they're not sending a lot of times it's an SD card issue where the guy, you know, didn't understand that he put it in a, some kind of viewer looked at the card and then left the file on there and it, and it just won't let Cuddy Link send the file. Now, yeah. You know, pro tip from Nate. Uh, I learned this 
long ago when I screwed something up. Every time I take an SD card out of a camera, or I actually every time I put an SD card into a camera, it gets formatted. Every time I don't, I don't take a chance by you know maybe taking it out of one of my. This was before I had my Cuddy Links, but out of one of my stealth cams and put it in one of my muddies, um, even though they're owned by the same people now, I think. But I I always format the card every single time um, because I hadn't done that before, and then I would have a problem. And then vice versa, I bet I've got 20 SanDisk SD cards at least. And I've had four other SD cards that came with some bat- or some uh, some cameras I bought down the you know back in the day. I'd buy this cheap you know fifty dollars special, and it would come with an eight gig muddy SD card or something. Those SD cards always went bad on me, and I have yeah. no idea what brand they were. I've got one stealth eight gig card left that I hasn't went bad because I refuse to use it, but I won't throw it away either. So it's got <laughs> it's like it just sits in my my pack and. You know, it's like there just in case of emergency. But um, so I learned long ago, I buy the nice ones. I buy the the ultra sand discs or whatever they are. Yeah. Buy um, one, cry, buy once, cry once. Yeah. And they're not cheap. They're like 10 bucks a piece, maybe more. I can't remember. But I mean, they've never failed me either. So. Um, no. And, you know, I mean, obviously you got to think about that little plastic thing probably costs them hardly anything to make. Right. And we're buying them for. 10 bucks or 15 bucks or whatever it is. And so, you know, they, you're going to get some that go bad. And, you know, I always tell people, if you're having a problem, format the card. If you see a problem again, toss it. Don't, don't mess around with it because you're just going to be frustrated because if it's acting up and it acts up more than once, it's, it's probably a problem. Right? Yeah. That card probably no good. So, um, you know, it, it, it's, it's, like I said, in Cuddy Link, because of we move files around so much, like it's pretty critical that, that those cards are, are good. You yeah. Know? Okay, so before we get into deployment, did you want to say anything more on the plans? Um, no, I think they that we covered the plans. We covered how they can view the pictures. Those are big topics that come up all the time. We talked about that it doesn't matter what kind of cell phone you have. Um, you know, so all that stuff's good stuff. We talked about, you know, the two big differences. So no, man, we're doing good. I think we can talk about deployment. Um, do you want to talk about when we talk about deployment, do you want to talk about, cause there's the way that you would set up for the two types of systems, whether you want to pull the card or you do cellular would actually be a little bit different. So do you want to talk about the, the traditional one where you pull the card first and then go in the cell or. Yeah. So what I'm wanting, what I think is a really good idea for the listener here is you got that guy that is just used to turning on his damn camera and walking away from it. And if he or she is thinking about going with a cutty link while it's pretty damn easy, it's not the exact same thing. You have to, I guess you'd call it deploy your system. So, yeah, let's just talk about the basic system first, and then we can move into the cell system. Um, because if this is something somebody understands, it's really easy to set up the system. It's it's not difficult. Um, but yeah. I think this is where people fail 99 times out of 100, and then they get upset or uh, this doesn't work or whatever because they didn't understand how to set it up, um, which isn't hard, but... You know, it's just, it's different than a normal $50 trail camera that you're going to just throw out on a tree. So yeah, let's just start with the basic system and we can kind of go from there. 
All right, and, I, and I'm going to say that I would say it's actually harder to do that than it is to do the cell one, albeit the cell one, you have to go through the, you know, setting up the cell camera with the account and putting yeah. in the numbers and stuff. But beyond that, it's actually easier to, easier to deploy that system. And I'll talk about why in a minute. But if, if we're going to do the one where I pull the card, um, so you're going to put that camera, like at the edge of your property, um, you know, maybe by the first tree stand, uh, by the gate, on your porch, whatever, somewhere where it's easy to pull the card and not bother everything, right? And, um, you know, when you look at the Cuddling cameras, the way that they work, each camera needs to have a unique identifier on the network, right? And it has a number. It, you give it a number. It can go anywhere from zero to 999. So most cameras, most guys do home camera one, next remote camera two, next one three, and all that kind of thing. But if a guy wants to do one 1121, one 100, 200, whatever makes sense to the person, each camera has to have a unique identifier, okay? They all have to be on the same channel because they're talking, they're using radio frequency, which is like a, like a walkie-talkie. If you want to talk on a walkie-talkie, you'd have to have them all on the same channel. Same deal here. So if you pick channel, you know, 112 then they all got to be on channel 112 um and so which now in the current channel selection it doesn't work like that so in the old firmware when we first brought out the the system there were 16 channels then we went to version 8 which had 240 channels now we're in the second version of the gen 2 stuff where you have a channel number which is 1 to 16 and you have a network ID number, which is 1 to 31. So it's like a clock. You pick 1 to 16 on the left, 1 to 31 on the right. But they all got to be the same because that's how they're talking to each other. Um, so Just like a walkie-talkie. Yeah. Yep, they exactly. Be on channel 8. Yeah. Yep. So pick your channel. Then the next, on the each of the cameras, they have a link level. And the link level tells you that they're talking. So... Um, you know, when you do the, the system where you pull the card, one of the cameras, obviously, or you either have to buy the home or you have to pick one of the cameras to be the home. So you put that out first. Now you take your remote camera, you put it on the channel, you go to the link level, and now you start to walk away from your home camera, but you let that link level run and you just need to make sure that you keep it at 20 or above. That way, any environmental conditions that impact the radio signal, i.e. fog or leaves, you know, getting thicker or something, gives you a leeway to where it'll continue to work. But as long as you see that it's 20 or above, you know that it's talking and it's not going to have a problem. Now, as you deploy more cameras, the cameras can talk directly to the home, and that's great when they do because it's most efficient. But if you start getting further away where it can't talk to the home, now it's going to talk to the next remote camera, right? But it's the same rule applies. Just make sure your signal level is 20 or above. You may not know whether it's talking to the home or it's talking to the remote. It doesn't matter. Just make sure the signal level is 20 or above. When you pull the card and you put it in your computer, it's going to show you folders. Um, as long as you're not using like a 
iPad or a viewer where it doesn't show folders, right? If you're using a computer where it shows you the true folders, mm -hmm. in there is a 400 folder. And that 400 folder will generate an HTML report that you can open up and see your network. It shows you all the cameras, shows you how many links, meaning, you know, if it's a one, that means that the remote camera is talking directly to the home. If it's a two, it means it's talking to another remote camera to then talk to the home. If it's three, it's talking to two remote cameras to talk to the home. So it's kind of important to know, like, what is your network doing? Um, you know where you put the cameras. So if you think about where you put the cameras and now what the network shows it's doing, that's useful information. Shows you the link level so that you see that level. Is it 20 or above, like I talked about? Shows you your SD card space, shows you your battery level, all that stuff. Now, when we start talking about cellular, all the same stuff applies, except for you do it different. Because now, if it's going to send me the pictures, I don't need to go to that camera. So we recommend you put that in the center of the property. Obviously, the most important thing is it has cell connection, right? So the camera has a cell test. It, you run the cell test, it gives you a success or a failure. If it gives you a failure, it gives you an error code so we can help try to troubleshoot why it's not connecting. But if it gives success, so you take the camera out, you put it in the center, it gives you success, you leave it there. You run the test, it fails, you might have to move it a little bit. You try to stay close to the center as possible. Once you get a success, home camera's set, okay? Now we go back. To what I said, each camera has a unique number. Okay, fine. Home camera one, remote camera two, remote camera three, whatever. I take the remote, put it on link level. They're all on the same channel. I walk away from the home, make sure it's 20. But because the cell camera can be in the center, now I'm building my network more like a wheel, right? Where the cell is the hub and the other cameras are around it. That cuts down the number of links. Okay, so the, the other way when you pull the card, it's going to be dictated by where you have to start the network based upon where you want to pull the card, which is probably going to be the edge of the property, meaning that all the other cameras are going to go away from the home. Oh, that makes sense. In the cell version, we're going to put it in the center and build around it because that's more efficient. Okay. Well, it just changed the and way can, I'm going to set mine up. Yeah, you know, I just, I, yeah. And I can do that because I'm not going to the camera. It's sending me the picture, right? Right. Um, now the nice thing about the cell version is if I screw stuff up, I can fix it because I can log in remotely into the cameras. Okay. So if I, let's say I mess up and I, I was going to put out 12 cameras and I got confused and I put two at number four and I said, each of them has to have a unique identifier. Well, I can just go in there and fix it after the fact. Okay, the remote in the one where I pull the card, I got to go out to that camera because I can't talk to it, right? Um, if I pick a delay that is too fast and I'm getting too many pictures in the spot, I can log in there and change the delay. So when it comes to the cell version... And you can do that in each individual camera. You don't have yeah. to have the same setting in all cameras. No, yeah. you can have different cameras with different delays and different flash settings and different whatevers. Um, so when it comes to the cell side of it, if there was two things that I see guys mess up and I would say, just concentrate on this, right? Especially guys that live a long way away from their cameras. 
the first thing would be always, always, always run the cell test. If you move the camera, let's say you had it somewhere and now you decide I want to move it because I'm not getting very many pictures. I'm going to move it 100 yards over that way. No problem. But run the cell test so that you make sure before you leave the property that that thing said that it's talking to our cell network and it sent you the logo test file. Because if, if it's doing that, we can see it online. We can change things because we can see it, okay? The other thing would be that link level that I talked about. Never, ever put a remote camera out without knowing where its link level is at. Because it's the same thing. If it's talking to the home, and I know it's talking to the home based on the link level, I can fix anything we mess up. If, if you don't verify these things are talking, we're kind of dead in the water. Then the guy's going to have to drive back. It's the only way to fix it. But if he, if he runs the cell test and he runs the link level and he verifies all that's good, now we can actually, you know, get in there and, and correct something that gets messed up. Um, that's why I say that cell, doing the cell system is actually easier because there's more mistakes that, you know, the guy can make the same mistakes, but on the cell side, he can fix it. Whereas on the one where you deploy it, where you're going to pull the home camera card, he's going to have to go out to the camera and fix it. Yeah. The only way right? we can't send it the request. Well, speaking of the one where he, he might just not do the cell you know, system and he, he's got the, the basic system. How does yeah. a guy or gal check that system without ruining it? So they go to their home camera is there a certain way you want to pull that card so that you don't shut everything down? I guess you'd call it. Um, if you're yeah, not so using the cell system. No, great question. Um, and this is true of the cell system and it's true of that, you know, manual pulling the card. The beauty of Cuddy link and our cameras are that they will stay connected if I don't power them off. So you don't have to power the camera off to pull the card. Um, when you look at our, uh, interface, the farthest one to the left is going to be a little clock icon. And that's where the user would set the date and time. Okay. If you put the camera on clock, it is safe to pull the card in and out of the camera. So I always put the camera on clock, pull the card, put the new card in, whether it's a, a cell camera or not a cell camera does not matter i do the same thing every time put it on clock and then i can pull the card and now that's not so it's not stopping the radios from talking still they're still connected so i'm not all i'm doing is kind of pausing things i'm not breaking anything so that's how i always do my setup if i if let's say that the batteries died the camera had been out a while I couldn't get to it. The batteries died. Um, now I'm re putting things together. Now I may, if it's the cell camera, I probably would run the cell test. If it was not the cell camera, I probably would run the link level just to make sure that everything resynced kind of back up and away we go. Um, but generally if I, if I, if I don't have a power issue at all, that's causing me problems, I don't shut the thing down. I just put it on clock pull the card, do whatever I need to nice. change the setting, whatever I need to in a way we go. Yeah. And I mean, to kind of t tie it all back in, it's, it's pretty basic when you, you break it down, you, you set out your home camera or your cell camera, whatever, however you're going to do it. 
You yeah. set you set your settings in there, which if it if you know anything about any cameras, it takes you five seconds to learn how to use the interface on the camera to do all your different commands and what you want to do and get it set. You run your cell test if it's a cell camera. If it's not, then you get out your next camera. You make sure they're on the same channel. You turn on the next camera. You have the link level on, and you start walking away from the the home camera. Yeah, and one thing I would recommend to guys and gals is that uh, when you're first setting up the network, what I like to do is put the home camera out and then take that remote camera and I'll kind of walk, let's say I walk to the north and I'll meander, I'll go a little bit east, I'll go a little bit west, but I'm mostly going north. And the reason I do that is I'm just paying attention to like, okay, what did my, because my link level, if I stop, will just kind of recalibrate itself. So I'll just pay attention that, hey, over here on the left side, man, I really lost signal fast. Over here on the right side, boy, boy, I can go a long ways away from that home and it kept the signal strength really strong. And you start to learn things like little depressions in, you know, uh, height, right, uh, up and down. And then you'll notice that this kind of vegetation knocked the signal down a lot. This kind of vegetation didn't, you know, pine trees don't knock the signal down as much as like low-lying thick brush, okay? Because it must be the needles are just thinner and they can still get the radio through. You could be in an old mature forest where there may be not a lot of ground cover and the first branch is, you know, 12 feet above your head. The radio signal tends to go a long way in that type of scenario. So if you, uh, you know, kind of walk around with the cameras and then you set one, then I'll go, you know, east, I'll go west, I'll go south. You kind of do that. You've learned effectively what your property is going to tolerate because you know, there are things that are going to be a, a problem, like hills will be a problem. If the hill's too steep, you may have to put a camera on top of the hill to get to get the signal over the hill, right? Um, if you, you know, if you have a real thick cover, you may have to put a camera, like sometimes guys go out and they say, hey, I want a camera here where I've always had a camera. Well, that's fine. You can do that. But if the link level isn't strong enough, then you're going to have to put a camera or we have a repeater, which will jump the signal. You have to either put a repeater or a camera in between so you can have the camera where you want the camera, right? I mean, if it's a great scrape, let's say it's a great scrape. Every year there's deer in there. you got to get a camera there. No problem. But if it's not talking to something, it's not going to work. So you got to make sure it's talking to something so that you get the pictures, yeah. you know? So it's those kind of things that guys and gals I sometimes see mess up is they, 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 venture away from the signal level and you can't you got to make sure you got that signal level handled and to me that's to the two biggest differences about deploying a cutting link system and just a normal everyday camera is first you kind of you have to just kind of sit back and think about how you want to deploy them almost like just to think about your property how would you want to do it and then when you go to do it you need to like you said see those link levels as you're deploying them and yep. yeah then you might have to change some stuff if it's not working well um those are really the only two things where you can't just go okay i want cameras here 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 and here and there i go you got to go okay i want cameras in all five of those spots but where's my home camera going to be 
And is it going to be a, a cell camera or is it going to be just the home camera? Might be a little different based on that. Yep. And all right, then I'm going to go set up camera two, camera three, camera four, camera five. Um, I just, I got to walk them there. So you almost turn on that next camera while you're sitting at the camera prior. And then you start walking away. No one, ever, no one does that normally. Right. They walk to their next spot, get out the camera from their backpack, turn it on, put it up. Right. And that's the key is like just to walk with it. And then, you know, one of the things too, and it's, it's just takes a little bit of, you know, playing with them, but what happens sometimes is that the camera you're, it's going to talk to that remote, the next remote camera. So let's say, you know, I got the cell camera, I walk out, I put the camera out and uh, maybe it's at a level of, uh, you know, 45. Okay. So I'm good. I set the camera. Now I'm going to go and I'm going to walk further away and I'm going to take the sec, the next remote camera. Well, because I was standing by the remote camera, it's going to see the remote camera. So I'm walking away and it's showing me signal level of 99, 80, and maybe it's 75. And I'm like, I'm good. I'm going to leave it here. Well, that camera is going to go ahead and try to see if it can't find the home, like after you set it. Okay. And it may set, it may find the home. So we'll get guys that'll say, Hey, I set the camera and it showed a level of 75, but now I got my report and it shows a level of 22. What the heck? Well, yeah, when it was first deployed, it would have had two links because it was talking through the remote. Now it's 22, but it's talking to your home. That's actually better. So, you know, and sometimes people will get kind of hung up on, you know, hey, my level, don't worry about your level. As long as it's 20 or above where you know it's staying connected, and as long as you're getting the pictures, it really does not matter what the level is as long as you're getting those pictures, right? And you'll notice that on some cameras, one day they might have a stronger signal, but two links. And one day it might have a lower signal, but one link. And it's just changing because the environmental conditions make a difference. Radio technology is kind of freaky, man. You know, it's like a little bit of voodoo. And you'll notice that sometimes it kind of makes the path this way and it's more efficient. Other times it's doing something else. I don't really worry about it unless... I'm just not getting my pictures. Now I'm worried about it. Like what happened? Why, what broke the connection and why I'm not getting a picture. If, if, if it changes from one to two or, or 40 to 60, I really don't care as long as I get the doggone pictures. It's yeah. probably a freaking raccoon. <laughs> <Badass>. <laughs> All right. I mean, and that's, I think that was a critical, uh, portion of the, of the show was to kind of talk about deploying them. And, uh, um, but what about support? So, I mean, we joined a few of these pages that, uh, you kind of have listed here, but we joined a few of them because they are helpful, but, um, you know, especially for like a new person, let's say somebody decides to buy one and they're getting set up and they, you know, they have some questions. What are some good ways for them to help get some good information? Um, obviously you talked about calling and emailing already, but, Honestly, there's places on Facebook that are great ways to get help. But yeah, so when you when you look at uh, you know, obviously we have a telephone support line and you can call in and talk to our customer support people. You know, right now it's not so bad because there's not as many people deploying cameras. But when we get into you know 
August, September, where everybody and their brother is putting out cameras. Like now our support line is, they're going to call back as fast as they can. They're going to answer calls as fast as they can, but manages a high volume of calls, right? And you can email, we have a support email. So you can go in there and email support and the same deal. They'll answer them, but they'll answer them as fast as they can. The challenge is that obviously, you know, we're all using cameras. Most of the time when we're deploying them is probably either at night or on the weekend. And the cutty back support hours are Monday through Friday, you know? So there are a couple pages, Facebook pages. We have the cutty back. Um, you can go to cutty back digital and find our messenger, you know, account and then send a message directly into us, not on our main page, but directly message uh, cutty back. And that gets monitored really close. And, you know, somebody will answer and say, hey, how can we help you? Uh, we also are affiliated with a couple of uh, Cuddyback specific Facebook pages. They're not our page, but we have the Cuddyback Users of America. There's also one called Cuddyback Freaks. Um, those those pages. What happens is you got a lot of users on there, and so through the course of time, there's some guys, some heavy duty users, and then there's guys like myself that are on that page as well, monitoring. So that page, those kind of pages, that cutting back users of America, for example, I don't, it doesn't really matter when you post something, you're going to get an answer. I mean, it could be the night, it could be on the weekend, and you're going to get users that are helping answer to help their friends, you know, yeah. essentially what's happening. Now, you know, I always warn people when they join these pages that they get on there and they think, holy crap, these cameras don't work at all. Because it's all the new users on there saying, hey, I can't figure this out. I can't figure that out. But the reality is you, they got to remember, like the guys got to remember that there's like thousands of guys on this page. And you'll see in the fall, you know, they'll start putting their big bucks and all the cool stuff. But right now, those, a lot of those guys are kind of hanging in the weeds, not doing much, except for every once in a while, jump in and help somebody. So most of the chatter is people just need help, right? And so, but it is a great is a great way to get, you know, essentially 24 seven support. Um, you know, if, if it's something that no one's ever seen, then the guys from Cuddy back to see it, will dig into it and try and figure it out. But I, I mean, almost always, there's always an ex a reason why someone's having the problem they're having and the, the users themselves help, you know, probably a good 75% of the time now where we don't even have to be the guys answering, you know, yeah. there's just a huge pool of support there that uh, they just do it because they love cameras and they think it's cool to help somebody and it's cool to help people. I mean, like it's really rewarding. Right. And um, I like, I love to see new users that start, they can't figure it out that then later on you see them a couple months down the road and they're helping some guy and just like, Hey dude, here's how you got to do it. I messed it up too. Don't worry about it. Like that's to me, that's cool, man. I mean, like that's really cool that people are doing that. Now there's obviously people that get on there and aren't really helpful and that's not as cool, but you know, let's say the general public, most of the people are really helpful. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and with any, with anything that's different than the norm, it, it, it can have a bit of a learning curve, but you can shorten it really easily by reading some stuff, reading their damn manuals. Yeah. Um, you know, and you guys have a lot of good support stuff on the webpage too that can help people as they're setting up their new stuff. And, you know, that's what I would say. I mean, we, we decided to work with you guys 
because, number one, Andy already owned his Cuddy Link system, loved it. Mike has got a good buddy up north that he works with that owns thousands of acres, and all he uses is Cuddy Link system. That's it. And mm-hmm. so he's probably got, I don't know, multiple dozens of Cuddy Link cameras. That's all he uses. So, you know, when you figure it out, it's obvious that it can work well. Um, right. And that, and that's, I would say that's the critical factor. There's a learning curve. You just got to get past it. The, the key is to get past it as fast as you can. And, you know, when I, I see guys on the page and they'll be like, ah, oh, I'm going to sell these. It just does, you know, these don't work the way. Then we just didn't address something correctly because there's guys that have literally hundreds of cameras on multiple properties getting all the intel they want and it working exactly the way they want. So just take a breath, ask for help, we'll help you. And then once it makes sense and you're, you're like, got it, you're, you're good, man. And, but you might have to, you're going to have to put a little more work in than just a regular camera where you go hang it on the tree, like you said, and just walk away. You have to put a little more work into it, but it's also more rewarding because the intel that you get is just so much more valuable, but you got to get past that learning curve. So take a breath, get on the page, ask for help. Someone we will answer, uh, you know, on the, on the page. And if it comes down to it and we got to have somebody on the phone with you while you're standing in front of the camera, then we'll do that because we want everyone, you know, to have it work for them. Now, at the end of the day, it's not going to work for everyone, but we're going to try. I mean, we're certainly going to try. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Well, man, um, that was a lot of information, a long show. I mean, is there anything that we didn't cover that you think is, is critical for people, people to hear? Um, I mean, I think we got a lot of good info out for folks um, to kind of get more information about the Cuddy Link system and just understand it better. Um, but is there anything we didn't hit on that you really need to, to tell folks? Uh, We covered a ton of ground and, and, uh, you know, obviously like with everything, there's always little gotchas here or there, you know, Hey, my property is super hilly. What do I do? You know, there's things that are, that, that we could talk about, but, um, you know, I think we've talked about, Hey, maybe down the road, we let them send in some questions or something. Uh, but we've covered a ton of ground and hopefully this gives them enough intel to investigate it further and then if they get to the point where they have more specific questions they can reach out on those forums like we talked about ask some more stuff if they want or uh call into the office and we'll help answer we want to make sure they pick the right solution cutting link's not going to be for everybody but um you know what we want them to figure it out and make a good choice and then get it deployed and and take advantage of what it can do for them so I appreciate the opportunity to be on here talking to you guys, talking to your fans, and uh, look forward to being able to address or help anybody we can. Yeah, no, we are excited to do this because, well, we're excited to use these these cameras too and uh, obviously been using them and, and uh, um, you know, think there's a lot of folks out there probably doesn't know anything about them. So, you know, whether they buy them or not, I mean, honestly, it's no skin off any of our backs, to be honest with you, but... Um, I mean, I think it's it's really cool, and if somebody's sitting out there thinking they're going to go spend, here's the other thing: they're not really that more much more expensive than a normal camera, anyways. I mean, yeah, you can go buy a forty dollar camera, sure. I mean, or twenty five dollar. 
but you're going to get a $25 camera. <laughs> Although there are some people that love those cam parks or whatever the hell they yeah. are. But, I mean, yeah, they're they're more expensive, but if you're a guy or gal that goes out and will spend 120 on a camera, you're not that far off of getting yourself a cutting link system. So, um, I mean, the difference is you at least need to buy two mm-hmm. to have a cutting link system. So, um, you know, that's another uh, another way to kind of think about if you're ready to go buy five cameras, that's one way to, to potentially go. Yeah, you know, that was I guess that is something we didn't talk about, you know, because of the fact that uh, we tend to have users obviously using more than one camera, right? Because yeah. that's the advantage of the system. We all we do sell our cameras in packs or bundles, right? right? So they can buy the cameras in bundles, and it's a way to get the price down further. So you're right. When you start buying it in bundles, you're getting really close not that far off what some of the other cameras cost. And so, um, you know, I think there's value plus, you know, you're going to save the money on the sell plan. So, um, you know, I think there's, there's definitely ways to make it even more economical and, and affordable. And, you know, we're going to continue to work on trying to keep it affordable for, for people. So, um, but that would be the only thing we didn't talk about, I guess. Yeah. uh, It's a good point, but, uh, which otherwise, you know, we covered a lot of ground. Like I said, I appreciate the opportunity. Shameless plug. You can use the code MOWW21 <laughs> and get 10% off. There you go. Uh, with your stuff with Cutty Back. So, there, boom, there you go. You got 10% <laughs> off already. Um, well, Dan, hey, man, we really appreciate uh, you coming on and, you know, tackling this this deep topic. Um, but, Mike, if you don't have anything else for Dan, we'll, uh, we'll hop off and uh, put a cap on this one. All right, gentlemen. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate it. All right. Thanks, man. Thanks, Dan. Whose head hurts? Well, hopefully nobody's. Hopefully it was just (laughs) useful information. And it was so much useful information that now my head hurts. My head hurts, but that's just because we've had these headphones on for so long. (laughs) These things, dude, I think if this ever blows up real big, we need to get like the legit Joe Rogan microphone swinging arm type things that we can move in, blah, blah, blah. I think those would be the yeah, ticket. Let me get right on that. Oh, yeah. Got, like I said, we got to blow up. For- <laughs> uh, no, there was a lot. There was a lot in there. I uh, hope everybody is well, still listening to me and you bullshit at the end, but yeah. um, there was a lot in there, but I mean, it's, it's not the cutting link system is not just a trail camera, right? It's more than and that's that. what it's, you kind of have to understand is, yeah, they're chill cameras, but it ain't like any other thing out there. Yeah. If you are just somebody that's just hunting five to ten acres, it's probably not the best thing for you. If you have an area where you have to drive a far far away to check, or you have a big, you know, quite of area to check. I mean, it's something you want to check out at least. Yeah. Although you say that, and I'm going to be deploying my cutting league system on about 15 acres. Well, I mean, 15 acres, that's fine. But yeah. you but know. not 10 acres. Right. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm, I'm, going to be doing, I'm going to be doing one system on essentially 30 acres. And then I'm probably going to, I'm going to be getting me in. I'm going to buy another deal and take that up north. And, I'm going yeah. to, and that's going to cover roughly 300 acres right yeah so i mean there's there's positives to both right like i'm gonna have a cutting link system on one property and i'm gonna not have a cutting link system on another property just because i'm a cheap ass and i've got some cameras over there uh 
the other property is probably going to be quicker to set up. But I'm also then going to be out there every month, sweating my ass off, you know, every four to six weeks. Yeah. Walking through bullshit and having ticks on me. And I mean, that's just how it's going to be. Essentially pushing deer out, doing all kinds of things. It is Very what it possible, is. Yeah. And I mean, so yeah, there's a, there's a give and take, just right. like he said in the episode. Um, but the nice thing about that cuddling system is my other property, I'm going to, I'm going to get my cell service on my cell one, which I decided during the episode that I was going to change my mind and I do the cell. Get the cell. Yeah. He, he just it's really not a, that much money. I mean, and, and then really you, badass to change features in there. Yeah, I, I, I really like that because I was kind of yeah. like you. Now I'm kind of teeter totter. I'm like, you know, I might as well just go ahead and do that. <laughs> Pay that twenty bucks a month. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, another one. I'm gonna do that and hopefully walk the hell away from it and not have to touch it again until you or till you go in and hunt and you know you still don't even have to touch it then. Yeah. So, so anyways. Hope y'all at least got some information from that. If you're a current Cuddy Link, Cuddy Back user, maybe that helped you out a little bit. If you're not, maybe that helped you make a decision. Uh, and otherwise, I mean, that's what it was for. We just we wanted you to get the info um, because they're trail cameras, and it's a cool idea. Mm-hmm. So, honestly, this show was kind of like a gear talk. Yeah. It's like our first, like, well, we've done gear talk, but... Not specific gear, essentially, though. I don't think. Right, yeah, I don't know. But we'll we'll ride on. Thanks, everybody, for uh, joining us, and we'll catch you on the next one. See you guys.